All right, we can be going to Judges 16. Judges 16. Does give us a lot more room in here. That's that's awesome looking. Looks really good. Judges 16. And I had the privilege of teaching uh, Sunday school this past Sunday, and I, I made a statement, uh, I kind of I guess paraphrased a verse, and I'm going to read it tonight before we get to Judges. Um, it's one thing, obviously, when we get to heaven, it's going to be awesome. Uh, there's going to be, I and mean, we could just start right there, just list of the things that were going to be awesome, seeing Jesus, number one, uh, seeing loved ones, and we could just go on down the list of all the, the beauty that's going to be there. Uh, it, the, and you start getting my age, the uh, new bodies that we're going to have, uh, the ailments won't be there anymore, things like that. Those are awesome things. But one of the things that I look forward, forward to of getting to heaven uh, is so that I can be perfect. Uh, because I told you a while ago, I have a little bit of an OCD problem, and, and, and I, I am a perfectionist. Uh, but I'm too stupid to be perfect. Uh, I, I make mistakes. I say the wrong things. A while ago, my progressives went to the wrong verse, and I appreciate y'all keeping on singing, even though I was singing the wrong words. Uh, and y'all, y'all continue to do that. When the progressives don't line up, you just keep doing the right one. I'll join y'all in a minute. Uh, I like having the choir up here on Sundays. To, to, to I'll just stop sometimes. Okay, that's not the right one. Uh, so, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not smart enough to be perfect. I'm not spiritual enough to be perfect. But the Bible says when we get to heaven, we will be perfect. Uh, and so, because I don't like messing up. Uh, you know, I, I get aggravated when I, and, and almost into the flesh, if I don't allow the Holy Spirit to uh, win uh, on, on just simple things. Uh, I, I like everything to be just right. Uh, and, and, I, and I love God uh, to the point that I want to please Him with everything I think, everything I do, everything I say, everything I'm involved in, and I end up messing up a lot of times. And that aggravates me. And uh, again, and praise God for 1 John 1, 9. We'll cover that in a little while and, and, and things like that. Thank God for His mercy. <laughs> uh, it endureth. It's brand new every morning. It endures forever, things like that. And so I have to apply those principles or I would probably just quit uh, because I want to be right so bad. Uh, and I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh, you know, wanting to do right and please God is a good thing. Uh, you know, just giving up would be a bad thing. That's what the devil would like me to do. You know, you just get so aggravated because you're not perfect. So just stop and you won't be aggravated anymore. Uh, he's told me that a time or two. Uh, but I'm not going to listen to him. And so uh, that's what we have to do. And so I, I made the statement about how Paul you know, said that, that which I would not, that's what I do. And that which I wouldn't, don't want to do, I basically do. And uh, that's found in Romans 7, 15. And uh, the title of my sermon for you guys upstairs is this. Questions that you might ask yourself. Questions that you might ask yourself. Uh, because, again, I do. I, I talk to myself. I, I, I try to talk to God, I try to talk to the Holy Spirit, things like that, but I have discussions with myself often as well. And don't look at me so pious, uh, you know, most of you do as well, uh, you know, it's, at least it's good conversation when I talk to myself, you know, uh, and things like that. We, we're on the same page, me, myself, and I, we're all on the same page, and, and so forth. Uh, but Paul, 
That's, you know, he, he asked himself questions a lot. And uh, in Romans uh, 7, 15, it says this, For that which I do, I allow not. Uh, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. And so, again, I believe Paul was a little bit of a perfectionist here, uh, maybe because he had wasted so much of his life, uh, and, and he wanted to do it right for God this time. Uh, and I can testify to that. For 17 years, I didn't do anything for God. But praise the Lord, when I got right with the Lord, I took off running, and, and, and with his help, I haven't looked back. Uh, and so praise God for that. Uh, but, you know, that's what Paul was saying. So if, verse 16 says this, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law. That it is good. And we, I'll skip down to verse 19. It says here, For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 20, Now if I do that which, or that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So this is where we have to take charge. We've got to stop it. We, we can't allow it to continue. Uh, because we have this old nature uh, again, you've probably heard Bible studies on the old man and the new man, the old nature and the new nature. And even though we're saved and we got a new nature inside of us, we cannot get rid of that old nature. We're going to have to drag it through the rest of our time down here on earth. Uh, praise the Lord when we get to heaven, we'll get rid of it. And that's what Paul is saying here. But uh, basically what he's saying here is if I just give up, sin takes over. And uh, then all is wrong. So questions that we might ask ourselves. Let's have a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Uh, thank you for the opportunity we have to serve you. Lord, we do ask you to be with Pastor. Lord, touch his body. Give him strength. Give him healing. And Lord, if it be your will, Lord, help him to be back uh, with us on Sunday. Uh, be with me now as I preach. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me just to get out of the way and you take over. And Lord, help us all, Lord, to listen to the word of God so that we can better ourselves and better serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see here that uh, uh, it takes a... Uh, you know, and uh, I guess the appropriate measures, we need to take the appropriate measures to deal with that or that sin's going to stay. Uh, so, uh, again, we have to recognize the old man, the new man. And when the old man is getting the upper hand, we've got to do something about it, uh, whether it be confess, uh, whether it be pray harder, whether it be find more Bible principles to th do things like that. So that's what we're going to look at. As far as introduction, we'll see here, uh, number one, uh, Appropriate measures that we need to take. Uh, if you have no clue what I'm talking about, you're like, I don't have that within battle. I don't have that old man, new man thing going on. It's just me. Then you need to get saved. All right? Because if you're saved, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, because the Holy Spirit's inside of you whispering, small, still voice telling you what to do. And that old nature, that flesh, uh, our pride, uh, what we want, our stubbornness, is just going to yell out loudly what it wants us to do. So basically, the first thing that you need to do to appropriate, if you're not having this issue, is to get saved. Get the blood applied. Uh, and uh, uh, we see here that, you know, you don't have any inside help. That's why you're, you're not having this battle, but you're definitely not going to win it because you don't have any inside help. Uh, I, I remember, uh, obviously, raising my two boys uh, before they were saved, uh, I had no inside help. I just had to apply Bible principles, apply paddles, <laughs> apply uh, stern lectures. I had to just keep applying. But when they got saved, then I had some inside help. Uh, and so the Holy Spirit would say, he's telling you the truth. That's what the Bible does say. 
uh, and, it, and it, it was more successful. Why? Because I had some inside help. Uh, back when I was the bus director, that's why I pray for Brother Jackson often. Uh, been there, done that, got several t-shirts. Uh, but, you know, people come to me, I'm going to kick this kid off. He's never coming again, or she's this, or she's that. I was like, my first question to the bus captain, are they saved? Well, I don't know. Okay, well, if they're not saved, you don't have any inside help. Uh, you know, let, let's find out if they're saved. Uh, and, and so forth. And because then you can, you got something to appeal to. You got to have that inside help. Number two, uh, after we are saved, we must, we must confess. Uh, we can't let, we can't let the sin rule us. We have to let the spirit rule us. So first John one nine, if we're, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And my brain can't wrap it around like this. But of course we know the day that we got saved, we were a sinner on our way to hell we asked Jesus Christ to save us, and we were perfect. All right, so for that one instance, when I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart, I was like I wanted to be, uh, like I want to be right now. Uh, I was perfect standing before God, and praise the Lord. And I get imputation. I get when God looks at me, he sees me through Jesus' blood. I get all that. All right, but I want to be perfect. The Bible tells us to. Be perfect, for I'm perfect. Uh, and I try, and I hope you try. Uh, but praise the Lord. Once we make that, you know, maybe 10 minutes into our salvation, we thought something we shouldn't thought, we said something we shouldn't have said, we acted in a way we shouldn't have acted, and here we are, have sin in our life again. But praise God for 1 John 1, 9. It's just like justified. Justified, never done it. And again, a lot of people, they accuse us of saying, oh, you Baptists, you just give everybody a license to sin. No. All right, because my dad was that way. Uh, you know, he told me, if you do this, this is what's going to happen. And if I chose to do it again, the, what's going to happen got more serious. And God's the same way. Uh, and God can correct and things like that. But if we'll confess with our mouth, or I mean, I'm sorry, confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgives us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Also, here's another principle we need to apply. Not just confess, do it again, confess, do it again, confess, do it again. And that's a lot of mentality in our world today. People like to say, my bad. And they think that fixes everything. You tick your wife off and she's looking at you, you know, got that look and gritting her teeth, and you, my bad, you think it fixes it all. It doesn't. All right, my bad about talking about, about that silent partner a while ago. It probably didn't fix it. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we, just, we just, my bad. All right, I don't know that that's confessing. All right. Uh, you know, I apologize, you know, I, I'm sorry. Uh, in other words, what true repentance is, is being sorry enough to stop. In other words, if you're, if you're really my bad you caught me in a lie, uh, it's just my bad that you caught me in a lie, not that I want to stop lying. Or my bad that I did this to hurt your feelings, but I'm not going to do anything to stop that. No, no, that's just my bad, my, I'm sorry. Uh, here's one in Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sin. In other words, if you just keep saying, my bad, I apologize, I'm sorry, uh, or just try to keep it a secret. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. But here's the key. But whosoever confess it, 1 John 1, 9 it, here's the rest of it, and forsaketh it shall have mercy. So God knows our tricks. He knows that we know 1 John 1, 9. But he wants to throw in here Proverbs 28, 13. Hey, you told me you're sorry for that like umpteen times now. What are we going to do to forsake it? Uh, and that's what we have to do. So we're, 
If we ask ourselves these questions tonight, we're going to have to put into practice these precepts. Get saved if there's no inside help. Yes, 1 John 1, 9, but also forsake. Uh, the Bible tells us to give no place to the devil. So if I have a problem with lying, I don't need to put myself in a position to have to lie again. If I have a problem with drinking, duh, don't go to the bar. Uh, if I have a problem with, you know, cussing, then don't hit your thumb with a hammer. Uh, and you might not cuss. Uh, but anyway, uh, you have to put into, per, per, we have to forsake. So Paul realized that his sin was in his flesh, and he always got himself in a mess. So first question that we might ask ourselves is this. How did I get myself in this mess? How did I get myself in this mess? Because if we're like David, it's me, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Uh, you and you only have I sinned against. Uh, it's the individual. So, you know, Adam tried it. It's thou, thou, that woman thou gavest me. He tried to shift the blame. And God's like, no, it's you, Adam. All right? And, uh, you know, uh, we, we, you know, we, we could just shift the blame all we want to, but how do I get myself in this mess? It's not my mean cousin. It's not my, you know, horrible coworker. Uh, we, we can't blame. It's me. How do I get myself uh, in this mess? And, and uh, as far as A uh, goes underneath Roman number one there, uh, we have the enticement trap. Now we're in Judges 16.5. Judges 16.5. So how do I get myself in the mess? The devil knows. Uh, and he's going to use these devices right here to mess us up. And the first one is the enticement trap. Uh, basically, the enticement is an attraction uh, that is art, artfully, uh, and it causes us to uh, have arousement or hope or a desire to do, uh, that enticement trap. So judgment, we see here, 16.5. Judges 16.5, uh, we see here, uh, and it says here, And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him. Of course, we know this is talking about Samson. This is here, entice him uh, and see wherein the great strength lieth uh, and by what means that we may prevail against him, that we may bind him and afflict him, and we will give thee, every one uh, of us, 1,100 pieces of silver. So we see here that the, the, the enemy, uh, uh, the, uh, I guess Samson's enemy, went to this woman. They knew he had a problem with women. And most fellows do have a problem with women uh, and so forth, uh, if, unless it's in check. Uh, and his definitely was not in check. You can go back and read his life story. He was always uh, chasing the ladies uh, and, and asking his parents to help him in his endeavors and so forth. So uh, obviously it was not something that wasn't known and it wouldn't be uh, useful. So Samson uh, got himself into this mess because he could not keep his eyes in check. He could not keep his desires in check, uh, and so it was easy uh, to entice him. And Satan knows what would entice you, and it's that simple. Uh, and he'll just throw it out there. And why? Because he wants to destroy you. That's why they asked this lady to help entice Samson, because they wanted to kill him. They wanted to bind him. And so you can look at the, the, the things going on in that verse. Satan wants to kill you. He wants to bind you up so you can't do anything from God. And he's going to take any means possible to entice you to get you into sin. Uh, Job said in Job 31, 27, And my heart hath been secretly enticed. Uh, in other words, Satan was very crafty uh, when he was tempting Job. And, of course, his friends didn't help. 
uh, but Job didn't blame anybody. Uh, he, he took it and knew uh, what was going on, but he was secretly enticed to give up, to curse God, to die, to quit serving God. Uh, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He giveth, he taketh away. I'm not going to do that. So we see here that it, the enticement can be shunned, and we can do the right thing even though there's enticement out there. Samson, a testimony of or an example of somebody that fell to the enticement. Job, somebody that resisted it and came out on the other side. Uh, James said in James 1.14, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And so we see here that James knew about this enticement. Uh, and he's like, everybody's got that ability or has that weakness, and Satan can bring it right in there. Solomon said, so we see here lots of fellows in the Bible, Samson, Job, James. Uh, Solomon said in, in Proverbs 1.10, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. So we, enticement's not something new. Uh, it's out there. And even though that there's many of us in here that's been saved for a long, long, long time, uh, that enticement will still pop up every once in a while. Uh, and again, I don't know that there's anybody in this room that Satan could entice to skip church. You're here on a Wednesday night when it's raining, all right? So uh, he did not tempt you, you know, I don't even know if there was, I think there is a basketball game on later, uh, but not during church, amen? So you may not have been enticed to stay home to do that uh, and so forth. So, but he's still going to pop it up every once in a while. I've seen people that, that never skip church their whole life. And then all of a sudden, eh, I think I'll just stay home tonight. Or, you know, we're traveling. We're just, we'll make better time. We'll get further down the road if we'll just skip church. It'll pop up. Uh, you know, again, I, 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 I don't understand. I, I mean, I've seen pastors, you know, skip church. I got to fly or I got to drive. They just skip church. Uh, you know, goodness gracious, uh, how do you skip church? Forsake not the assembling. Uh, and so we can be enticed to do things like that. So we see here that Satan will entice, sinners will entice, our own self will entice. Satan, uh, how do we fight that? The Bible says in Ephesians 6.11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So when the devil comes to entice, we have the armor of God, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit. We have all those tools to withstand and fight that enticement because he's going to entice you. And so if you'll fight him, you won't be asking yourself, how did I get myself in this mess? If you'll fight him. Uh, when sinners come to entice you, 2 Corinthians six seventeen says this, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate. So get away from them. If that guy always entices you to do something, mark him and avoid him, the Bible says. Have no fellowship. And so we see here, the Bible says that it's going to happen. The enticement's coming. Here's who it's going to come from. Satan, sinners, your own flesh. But here's some Bible truths. If you'll put on the whole armor of God, you'll be able to withstand those fiery darts from the devil. If you will separate and come out from among them and have no fellowship with them, you'll be able to uh, withstand their enticement. Romans six seventeen says, Mark them, avoid them, uh, that cause division and offensive contrary to the doctrine, and have no fellowship with them. Uh, ourself, uh, 1 Thessalonians five twenty two says this, abstain from the appearance of all evil. So don't even, don't even let yourself look like you're doing wrong. I remember getting a spanking 
for having one of those bubblegum cigarettes back when I was a little kid. And, it, and if you got the powdery ones, you could actually blow on it and dust would come out and it looked like smoke. All right? So here I am, four and five years old, when my friend gave me a bubblegum cigarette. Woo! I never wanted to touch one of them again. Just talking about it, I feel tingling back there. All right? So myself did it, and I wasn't abstaining from the appearance of evil. Uh, again, Big League Chew, that was against the rules in my house. Dad, it's bubblegum, but it comes in a pouch like tobacco, and you're not chewing it. Oh, man. Bubble tape. You know, I could pump it up like skull. No, you can't. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, to fit in at school, because everybody had a pair of Levi's where I went to school, and everybody had the round little white circle back there where you've been carrying your skull. So I take my dad's electrical tape, pull off enough of it to get it the same size of the skull can, put it in my back pocket, and go out there on the concrete driveway and do the scrape scrape on my backside so I'd have the white ring. My dad's like, what's been in your back pocket? Electrical tape? I didn't have skull, Dad. It was electrical tape. Why? Well, I want to fit in. All right, he tore me up for that. So anyway, so we see here, you've got to abstain. You've got to abstain from the appearance of all evil. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is how you battle the self-enticement. So we see that enticement trap. Secondly, uh, let's, uh, I'll, I'll just read it to you. We won't take time to go there. But a second uh, temptation, or the second trap is the temptation trap. The enticement is basically just to get you to consider it, to think about it. The temptation is actually giving you the opportunity to do it. Right? So in other words, you're talking about sneaking behind the school to smoke. That's the enticement. Behind the school and they're handing it to you, that's the temptation. The actual uh, ability to do the wrong. So we see here the temptation trap in Judges 16, 16. Uh, you can skip down there. Uh, it says here, and it came to pass. In other words, they were talking about the enticement up here in verse 5. Now in verse 16, it's come to pass. In other words, the opportunity to tempt him. It came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words. And ladies are good at that, pressing and daily with their words. Amen? And uh, that honeydew list that you've been putting off for a while, they probably daily remind you of it with their words. And then it says here, and they urged that he, his soul was vexed unto death, and he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath uh, no razor. So in other words, she got it. There's the temptation, and he gave in to it and told them where his power came from. So we see here uh, the temptation trap. So we saw in the Bible how to fight the enticement trap. Let's look at a couple verses here, and you can write them down. I'll read them to you. How to fight the temptation trap. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. So we're supposed to be watching. Obviously, Jesus could come back at any time. Uh, if we're watching for him, we know he's watching us, and we ought to pray. God, help me not to fall to temptation. God, help me not to fall to temptation. It ought to be on our tongue, on our mind all the time. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So if our flesh is weak, we've got to pray the more, the Bible says. 
Uh, if we had have it, had had of an addiction back in the day and God's delivered us from it, maybe we need to pray about that even harder and pray that we enter not into temptation. Uh, we can find in the Bible in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where it says uh, that they were taught to pray, let us or lead us not unto temptation, but deliver us from evil. That was a, a daily prayer that they were supposed to do. God, you know, deliver us from that evil. Lead us not into temptation. Guide our path. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, Therefore, no temptation taken you, which, but is such common to man. But God is faithful, and who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but with, will with the temptation make also a way of escape. So how do we fight that temptation trap? We look for that escape room. Look how to get out of it. Uh, again, if we can just see something brewing, there's something that's going to tempt us, get, flee youthful lust, the Bible says. Resist, and he will flee from you. Uh, so you, you find that way to get out of it, uh, and God will give it. Uh, again, it might be, you know, separating from somebody. It might be removing yourself from the situation. It might be changing your path. Uh, you know, remove the temptation. Uh, God will allow it to come, but it says here that he's faithful, and he'll give you that way of escape. And so when that temptation trap is right there, just like Samson should have done like Job did when the enticement came, right, we should look for that way of escape. God, how do I get out of this? God, how do I get out of this? Uh, now, obviously, if, if we've made the mess, <laughs> uh, we might have to stay there. But James 1.12 says this, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. So a lot of times God will allow that temptation to come and to see if you're going to resist it. And if you do, if you endure that temptation and don't do anything wrong, the Bible says you will get a crown of life. Uh, and so that's what, this is why we need to watch out for the temptation trap. So we saw the enticement trap, uh, the temptation trap. Now we're going to look at the blindness trap. The blindness trap. Uh, what? Huh? Okay, and so a lot of times when we see in, in Judges 16, verse 20 and 21, uh, we saw the, in, the, the enticement, and then we saw the actual temptation, and he fell to it. And because of that, he had consequences. So over in verse 20, it says here, And she said to the Philistines, Be upon thee, Samson. He awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. So in other words, he had flexed and he had knocked stuff over and he'd picked stuff up and he had he'd conquered things just because he was so strong. I'll just do that again. And here's the sad part. But wist he not that the Lord had, was departed from him. So a lot of times if we just fall to the enticement, fall to the temptation, and we don't put any of these principles into it and we just live in that state, one day we'll just be blind to it all. Uh, and so forth. So a lot of people out there are doing wrong, and they've done it so long it's just normal to them. Uh, they've, they've quenched the Holy Spirit so long that the Holy Spirit maybe has quit you know, uh, convicting them. Their, their neck is stiff. Their, their heart is hardened. Things like that. They've become blind to it. Uh, and Samson, obviously, he became blind. In verse 21 it says here, But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down. So uh, we see that not only is there an enticement trap that we can fall into and a, a temptation trap, there's also a blind uh, trap. And so, again, you look in the book of James and you see the verse where it says, and when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death.
but it talks about being drawn away on your own lust, tempted, enticed, and all those things. Uh, obviously, death is where the devil wants you to be, uh, and so forth. And we want to stay as far away from that as possible. I don't want to go through life blind, so I don't. I don't want to even fall to the temptation. I want to put these Bible principles into practice. I don't want to follow the enticement. I want to put those Bible principles into practice. So we see in James 1.14, it says here, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust is conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. So Samson lived out these verses. So we ought to basically in our life to help with this blindness trap, and we've heard this from this pulpit before. We've heard it from preacher which we heard Sunday, we've heard it from pastors since then, that word veto power. Veto power. Give somebody in your life veto power. Your mom and dad would be a good person to give veto power to. Your pastor would be a good person to give veto power to. Somebody that you look up to. In other words, you might be blind and not see what's going on, but they can see it over here and can warn you. So how do we fight this blindness? What Samson should have done was listen to his parents way back in the day when they told him to get away from the girls. All right? I'm sure they had a, uh, his parents had a rule of no he and she in that he ignored and messed up his life. Uh, and so what we got to do is give, our, give, give someone in our life some veto power that, that would say, hey, you're slipping. Uh, I've, I've had friends like that, that when I was growing in Christ, Hey, if I'm not here on Soul Winning, I want you to call me. Hey, if I'm not here on a Wednesday night, I want you to call me. Hey, if I, if I start doing something that I, that I shouldn't do, I want you to point it out to me. Uh, of course, my parents, I didn't have to give them veto power. They just took it, all right? Uh, and then I've had pastors that I haven't had to give veto power to. They just took it. Uh, but praise the Lord, God gave me enough sense to listen to them and not get killed. I give them veto power. So that's how you fight those traps, that enticement trap and temptation trap and binding trap. So the first question we ask, how did I get myself into this mess? Second question we might ask is this, why do I keep making the same mistakes? Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Uh, again, we, we started basketball drills uh, Tuesday all of them that wasn't lazy were there. Uh, but anyway, uh, anyway, they, they started doing drills. And, you know, I'll explain to them what I want them to do. Then I'm still capable right now at this age to show them what I want them to do. And I'll say, okay, do it. It doesn't happen. <laughs> what did I say? How did I show you? And uh, they just, just don't do it. They keep making the same mistakes. Uh, you know, some of them, you know, like, I'll say, start dribbling, and don't stop dribbling until I blow the whistle. And they'll stop like 10 times. What did I say? Don't stop dribbling. Why did you stop dribbling? I don't know. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, they keep making the same mistake over and over. And, of course, you know, their youth director with OCD and perfectionist it aggravates me. But anyway, I didn't make them run too much. Uh, but they, I hope they ask themselves, why do I keep making the same mistake? And, of course, the easy answer is because you keep doing the same stupid thing, right? Uh, you know, if you keep putting the wrong, you know, materials in there and it keeps coming out wrong, I, I don't cook a lot. Uh, I, 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 can, I can whip up a mean frozen pizza. Uh, I can stop by a fast food place with the best of them, things like that. But if you keep putting the wrong ingredients in there, you're going to get the wrong result every stinking time. So just like we see here that we, we ask ourselves, uh, 
How did I get myself in this mess? Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Matthew 26, 30 through 75 uh, we won't read all those verses. I'm going to point them out to you. But let's flip over there to Matthew 26. Matthew 26. And we're going to see in Matthew 26 here reasons for repetitiveness in our mistakes. Reasons for repetitiveness in our mistakes. In verse 35, let's go look at verse 35. And the first reason for repetitiveness mistakes and I know nobody in here this will apply to but proud and stubborn nobody you know I'm sure that doesn't fit anybody in here right why do we keep making the same mistakes because we're proud and stubborn uh, and again I believe God puts a little bit in a, in that a, in, in most men uh, and most women too uh, because if you can channel that it's a good thing I'm stubborn. I, I believe the King James Bible's Word of God. Nobody's going to change my mind about that. I'm just stubborn. Okay? Uh, I believe that the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church is the right church to be associated with. And I'm stubborn and proud about that. So there's some good things that you can allow that to happen. But if you need to change something uh, where the Bible says thou shalt not do, and you're like, no, I'm going to continue to do it, that's not a good way to be proud and stubborn. So we see in verse 35 uh, Peter was a little bit proud and a little bit stubborn. In verse 35, it says, uh, Peter said unto him, Though I would die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. So he's running off at the mouth. And so Peter says, I, I will not deny thee. He was proud and stubborn. What he should have been saying is, Lord, I'm nothing without you. I can do nothing without you, so please help me. So he thought he was doing the right thing. So sometimes we think we're doing the right thing when we haven't humbled ourselves. We saw that in that Sunday school lesson last week. Uh, and that, that, pride, that pride and our stubbornness gets in trouble. Uh, the second thing, let's look at verse 33. He thought he was better than everyone. I know everybody else has succumbed to that. And I know everybody else has fallen into that temptation and, and so forth. But not me. I, I wouldn't do that. And so verse 33, it says here, Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. He thought he had it all together. So why do we keep making the same mistakes? Obviously, our, our pride and our stubbornness. And we might think that we're better than somebody else. We, th we might think we've got it all together. We think we might uh, have all our ducks in a row. Let's look at verse 41 and see another reason that we keep making the same mistakes. Verse 41 says this, watch and pray. Maybe we're not watching, maybe we're not praying. That ye enter not into temptation. Uh, that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Uh, in other words, the third thing we do to keep making the same mistakes, we're living in the flesh and not listening to the spirit. So we should be saying, Lord, keep me from the temptation. Fill me with the Holy Spirit and help me not follow the flesh. Let's look at verse 58, another reason that we might keep making the same mistakes over and over. Verse 58. But Peter followed him afar off unto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. So he was not close enough to God that he should have been. And so if we're going to keep making the same mistakes, keep making the same mistakes, it's because we're not close enough to God. 
Uh, we ought to be uh, listening to the Holy Spirit. We ought to be in church every time the door is open. We ought to read our Bible ourselves, have personal devotion, things like that. But Peter, he followed afar off. Verse 69, another reason that we might keep making the, making the same mistakes. Verse 69, now Peter sat without in the palace, uh, and the damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee. And so he, we see here he was outside with the wrong crowd. Uh, and so that's going to just allow us to continue uh, to make the same mistakes. So first question we might ask ourselves is, uh, how did I get into this mess? Second one is, how do uh, I keep making the same mistakes? And the third and final question is this, how do I manage to have the right methods? How do I manage to have the right methods? And so, of, of course, I've, si I've showed you some wrong. I've showed you some Bible principles. So that's what we got to do. How do I manage? It's up to you. Uh, you know, my dad can't do life for me. My pastor can't do life for me. They can instruct me. Uh, they can uh, obviously train me and things like that, but they, they can't help me do it. I've got to manage it on my own. So uh, we, we see here verse 34 of this same chapter. Verse 34 uh, says here, And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, uh, that is night before the cock crew, thou shalt deny me thrice. Uh, so be aware of our weaknesses. Uh, and then verse 73, it says here, And after a while uh, came and to him that stood by him and said, Surely thou art one of them, for thy speech betrayeth thee. Uh, so we have to expect, uh, accept the fact that we won't fit in. A lot of Christians that know the right thing, or know the right way, and, 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 and should, should be doing the right thing, they go out and try to fit into the world, and they're not. They're not going to fit. He didn't fit. Uh, and verse 75, uh, we ought to have a broken heart. It says here, And Peter remembered, uh, the word of the Lord, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, uh, thou shalt deny me, trust. he went out and wept bitterly. So uh, we should manage uh, the methods that we have. Now, in conclusion, we'll go down through here real quickly. Let's go to Second uh, Chronicles 29 for our conclusion. Second Chronicles 29 for our conclusion. And we're going to look at Hezekiah and see how he managed his methods well. Uh, this is a guy that did exactly what he should have done, and that way he didn't make a mess. He didn't keep making the same mistakes over and over and over, but he managed the methods that he had, and it brought success in his life. So his actions, uh, and, and uh, he allowed his actions and, uh, uh, to guide him through developing the right kind of habits. So let's look at verse 3. Uh, verse 3, Hezekiah 29, and verse 3 it says this, And he... He, in the first year of his reign, and the first month, uh, I'm sorry, first month, opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. So we see here, he, uh, he recognized immediately what needed to be done. So he's in charge now. He's the king. And uh, uh, he goes into the house of the Lord. And, of course, we know it was in disarray and things like that. So he recognized immediately. So you won't ask yourself the question, how did I make a mess? Uh, why do I keep making the same mistakes? If you will manage your, the methods and recognize immediately. Uh, in other words, you know, if you miss one day of reading your Bible, recognize it immediately. Don't let it take a month. Man, I hadn't had devotions in a month. Oh, I know. If you miss it one day, feel horrible about it. All right? Let the Holy Spirit convict you uh, and, and say, oh, sorry. And get right back on it. Recognize immediately. 
Uh, if you have a bad thought, recognize it immediately. If you do something, again, that's why the Bible tells us husbands and wives not let the sun go down upon our wrath. All right? Most of us, we stay prideful, and we, we're still mad, and we're going to show them, but then we get sleepy, and we know that verse. Come here. I'm sorry. I was a doofus. Now can we go to sleep? Uh, I don't know if that really works or not, okay? Uh, but the Bible says here we got to recognize immediately. Don't harbor bitterness. Get rid of it immediately. Uh, and so that we see here, this is what he did. He opened the doors and immediately he recognized what needed to be fixed. And he took those methods and he fixed it. Upon the first day that he was in charge, on the first month and the first year, it didn't take forever for him to recognize what needed to be done. Look at verse 4. It says here, And he brought in the priests and the Levites and gathered them together into the East Street. And so we see here, uh, not only did he recognize immediately, uh, he reorganized systematically. He reorganized systematically. Uh, and, of course, we have lots of people in the Bible that have done this. Moses did this when he had millions of people following him. He got some leaders, and he gave some 100 and some 50 and some 10, things like that. And he organized things like that. But that's what, that's what Hezekiah did. If we're going to make this thing right, we're going to have to reorganize uh, immediately. Or, I'm sorry, reorganize systematically. So, just like we see our pastor do around here. He'll start... Uh, this ministry, and he'll put people in charge of it, and he'll give them helpers. And he'll start this bus route, and he'll put a captain, and he'll give them helpers. Uh, so he, we, we see here, he's reorganizing systematically to get things done. That's what Hezekiah did. So in your individual life, recognize when the, 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 the enticement's there, the temptation's there, your own stubbornness is there, and fix it immediately. And then reorganize whatever you have to do uh, to get yourself in the right place. Number three, let's look at verse five. Verse 5, it says this, And he said unto them, Hear me, ye Levites, sanctify now yourself and, and, sanct and sanctify the house of the Lord your of your fathers, carry forth the filthiness out of this holy place. So what he did, thir thirdly, he ruled firmly. He ruled firmly. Now, obviously, if you're in charge of something, do that. But you're supposed to be in charge of you. And preacher even said it Sunday, your worst enemy is what you see in the mirror. And so you have to rule yourself firmly. Uh, you know, I'm not maybe <laughs> say advising you to maybe grab yourself by the lapels, give yourself the slap. Uh, my uncle, I had an uncle, that's what he would do. He would punch himself in the face. When he did something stupid, he would say, Hayward, you're about the stupidest person I know, and bah! I mean, he would hit himself right in the face. Uh, I guess he was that hard-headed. I'm not indicating that you do that. But you ought to rule yourself firmly. That's what he did. He said, hey, get in here. This is what we're going to do. And so you tell yourself, I have a problem with this, so this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to stay away from it. This is how I'm going to manage these methods to stay away from that. You've got to rule firmly. Look at verse 5 again. It says here, uh, let's see here, that he, he told them that, and it says here, I already read it all to you, but let's see what number five says here. He rooted out completely. And that's what it says right there in the last part of verse five. Get this filthiness out of this holy place. So in other words, he rooted, rooted it out completely, carried it as far away as possible. So this is what we have to do to manage our methods so we don't ask ourselves, why am I in this mess? Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Completely root out the problem. Get rid of it. Verse two says here, he replaced it totally. 
He replaced it totally. Verse 2 says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David had done. So he replaced it totally. He had done all that David did. So this is how people are living. This is what people are talking about. This is how people are behaving. This is how they, they talked, talked back in David's day. This is how they behaved in David's day. This is exactly what we're going to do. So he replaced it totally. And again, when I was growing up, I did have a problem with music. And I got rid of it. But I had to replace it with the right kind of music. Uh, I had a foul mouth. If I didn't say a bad word, I didn't say much. So I had to replace it. And, and there's nothing more gross than that these days. People just come up to your window, blankety-blank this, blankety-blank that, and all this, that, and that. I always start singing a godly song or say, praise the Lord, or something, try to get them to shut up. Some, it doesn't work on some of them. They just got a, such a foul mouth. But replace it totally. Get rid of the bad thing, or you're going to keep making a mess, and you're going to keep making the mistakes, and you're not going to be putting into practice. So he replaced it totally. And last verse, verse 20, and we'll be finished. It says here in Hezekiah, uh, the king rose early and gathered the rulers of the city and went unto the house of the Lord. So we see here he reconstructed enthusiastically. He reconstructed enthusiastically. So it's up to you. There's the principles in the Bible, and you can do what Hezekiah did, or you can just keep asking yourself, how did I make a mess? How do I keep making the same mistakes? And why can't I manage... Uh, these methods to do the right thing. Uh, and and if, if you'll do that, obviously that's not, the Bible's a guarantee, all right? Uh, but our flesh messes us up. So you've got to do it enthusiastically, not half-heartedly, wholeheartedly. What sort of your hand finds to do? Uh, or you're going to just keep asking yourself like Paul, that which I would, I would not, that which I would not, that's what I do, all the way through your life. Uh, so it's up to you.